You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are in the double digits, firmly in the double digits of the college football season. Week 11 is on the horizon, not even on the horizon. It is here. It is not the greatest of slates, but it is still a weekend of college football. And this is the Locked On College Football Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Friday, November 20th. I am one of your hosts, Ben Stevens, the host of Locked On Big Ten, joined by my co-host, Patrick Kahn, the host of Locked On Longhorns. And as always, for our first segment on this Friday edition, Colin Wilson, a senior writer for Action Network. So guys, as I mentioned, not the greatest slates. We have had eight cancellations or postponements for this upcoming weekend. No ranked games. Only 14 of the AP Top 25 are in action this weekend, but we will still talk about a weekend of college football, and based on Colin's smart money, we will still give you betting advice for how to go through your Saturday slate and make sure you still end up with some cash in your pocket when all is said and done on Saturday night. So, great to have you both here. Patrick, why don't you take it away? Well, we're going to start with a team that I think Colin knows pretty well. Let's (laughs) talk about the Florida Gators. Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, what are we looking for in this game as, as Florida tries to coast into the <clears throat> SEC championship game? Yeah, there's a lot of narratives in this game. And, and and Arkansas, I know because I graduated from there, so I'm really close to the program. And there's a lot of narratives in this game, which is Felipe Franks could be looking for revenge against Florida. Dan Mullen could be looking for revenge against Felipe Franks. Uh, all of that. And then there's Sam Pittman has COVID. He won't be coaching the game. Uh, I could just say all of that does not matter. If you watch the HBO special back in 2019 where they focused on college football teams, the Mullen family loves Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks loves the Mullen family. There's no bad blood there whatsoever. So no one's going to get the score ran up because of that transfer uh, you know, within the conference. And then you look at Sam Pittman. Uh, he's not going to be there because he has COVID. It doesn't matter to the point spread. He doesn't call the plays. He doesn't make the adjustments at half. Uh, Barry Odom for the defense, Kendall Browse for the offense. They are very well paid for a reason. It's because they come up with the schematics. They make the calls. And so those are narratives you can really just toss away. There's one important factor in this game. It's the health of Kyle Pitts. That's it. You want to look at Florida's third down targets. You want to look at their red zone targets. You want to look where Kyle Trask goes when he's throwing the ball. It's to Kyle Pitts. And that's really important against the Arkansas team that per PFF is top 10 in pass coverage. Uh, there's a lot of things Arkansas doesn't do well. They're still rebuilding, but they are uh, hustling uh, their tails off when it comes to passing downs. And that's what Florida does all the time. Florida passes the ball 56% of the time. Uh, and Trask's first hot read is always on Kyle Pitts. So check the status. The number should be 17, but this is going to sway on the news of Kyle Pitts. And he's so, so important. Now, this could be. A letdown. If you look at Florida's schedule, it is garbage from here on out. Like Arkansas may be the toughest game. We're talking Vanderbilt, Tennessee, LSU, some defense. I mean, there's just going to be a snooze fest until Florida gets to the Alabama game. So this may be their toughest, but they have to bounce back from the from the Georgia game. Hopefully there's no hangover here. Uh, you know, Arkansas brings energy every week. They're the only team in the country that's played at least three games, and they've covered every single game. Even that last second, you know, run by uh, uh, Frank's, for that TD pass against Texas A&M, got them that backdoor cover. So 
Uh, I think these coaches know exactly what the number is. So you got to watch out for that. Arkansas is going to try to cover this. Florida is in a hangover spot after, you know, beating Georgia and essentially winning the track to, to Alabama in the championship game. Uh, if Kyle Pitts is not playing in this game, you definitely want to take Arkansas. I've locked in. I don't, you know, whenever you hear this, if you see 17 or 17 and a half, I think it's a good stance to take on Arkansas. Even if Pitts is cleared, which I don't think he's going to be for that hit he took was brutal. Uh, why play him? Why play him when you have a cushion in the East? Why play him? So I think Arkansas is the play. Uh, that's going to come down with the news of Pitts. A game with a bunch of narratives as well. Second rate Notre Dame heads to Boston College. The Fighting Irish, a 13 and a half point favorite, the over under total 50. The Holy War is the only two Catholic universities still left playing FBS football. I talk about narratives because Notre Dame, obviously, off the overtime upset of Clemson last week, has vaulted up to number two in the country. But the last time they beat a number one team and then they played Boston College the following week back in 1993, the Eagles got the best of them. So a lot of people are picking the Eagles to pull the upset over Notre Dame. Colin Wilson, do you agree with that? I am not. As to where I just told everybody to throw away the narratives from the Florida-Arkansas game, I'm telling you the narratives really mean something in this game. And the reason is because you have to go all the way back to 2018 when Chip Long was the offensive coordinator for Notre Dame. And he was a Royals Award finalist. Like he was runner up, which, you know, gives the best coordinator the, the award for in the country. And Notre Dame's offense, the guy who runs it, <laughs> finished runner up. And then he was promptly, 12 months later, escorted out of the program. You know, him and Brian Kelly had a monster disagreement about the direction of the offense, and it came down to Ian Book versus Phil Jerkovic. That was the entire disagreement. Brian Kelly never wanted Ian Book to ever lose any snaps. Uh, he never saw the development in Jerkovic uh, that he saw in Ian Book. He wasn't comfortable with that. And it was such a clash in their disagreement that Chip Long was essentially gone, and now Tommy Reese, who might not even be shaving yet, was auditioning for the job in the bowl game, and he passed it, and he got the job. So that's how, you know, you fast forward to modern day right now. Brian Kelly doesn't want to look stupid. Now, I know that we are just off the Clemson game. And, you know, Notre Dame was able to take advantage of a very depleted linebacker unit for Clemson. But I don't think they're going to be on hangover here. They are aware of what happened in 1993. This is not 1993. I would bet the house that Brian Kelly has pulled defensive coordinator Clark Lee aside, who was one of the best defensive coordinators in the nation, and told him, you are going to do everything possible to shut down this passing attack from Boston College because I'm not going to look stupid for letting this kid get away. So if you look at it, you know, uh, Jerkovic's going to have to go up against a secondary that's 11th in PFF coverage grading. Uh, they're 18th in opponent passing success rate. Notre Dame has the defense to shut this down. Uh, I just, like I said before, it's not 1993. I think Boston College, the number is way off. I mean, they have become, the Eagles have become a darling for people to back an underdog this week. I think there's too many people bringing up the fact that this has happened before, even though it was like 27 years ago. And I think I was in social studies in 10th grade. Uh, you know, BC's going to need turnovers, busted plays, and a sleepy Notre Dame offense to cover this game. I don't think any of that's going to happen. There you have it. No narratives for this game, or narratives for this game, I should say. Colin, so let's hear it right now. What is your locked on lock of the week? I need to know where I'm putting my money because uh, Christmas is coming up, so I need to get some money for Christmas gifts. Remember, we have to practice sound money management, right? One right. unit at a time here. No no 20-unit bombs on the app uh, coming out of the action app for me. Uh, so 
No, I, I'm going to go with Purdue. Uh, the number is moving right, right as we're reporting right now. So, uh, you know, just like it was important with Toledo, if you got to buy the hook to get the three, it may be a good idea in this game because, uh, you know, Northwestern's defense has been a, had a huge turnaround. They're dominating third downs on both sides of the ball. Uh, Northwestern is, has had a ton of pass breakups this year. Uh, they have really made it count when it comes down to the red zone. But, I mean, if you look at who they've played, uh, you know, it's not like that they've shut out Ohio State or they've shut out some sort of offensive juggernaut. Both of these quarterbacks are going to have a clean pocket all day. I'm talking about Peyton Ramsey, Aiden O'Connell. The defenses in this game have not generated any kind of sack rate whatsoever, but there is a difference in these two quarterbacks. Peyton Ramsey, like he was at Indiana, he's extremely efficient. He's not explosive. He doesn't throw it deep whatsoever. Purdue with Aiden O'Connell has David Bell. I'm not banking on Rondell Moore playing. They say it's a hamstring. I don't think he's going to play this weekend. He might not ever play for Purdue ever again, but they do have an explosive passing attack. And the way to beat the Northwestern defense is to get over the linebacker unit, which is one of the best in the nation. Uh, you know, so in my opinion, this, you know, the Purdue team runs at a faster pace. They have more explosive weapons. And it's going to be a game where both quarterbacks are going to have clean pockets the entire game. Uh, I'm banking Northwestern's had a little bit of luck in the third downs on both sides of the ball. Uh, they had a, a pick in the end zone. They, they've had some things really go right their way. They're due for a little negative regression. Uh, so I'm going to take Purdue in this and their offensive weapons. That spread for the Purdue-Northwestern game. Also a battle of unbeatens at the top of the Big Ten West, hovering right around a field goal. I've seen it at three. I've seen it down to two and a half favoring Northwestern. It really could go anywhere. But a battle of unbeatens, 3-0 and Northwestern, 2-0 and Purdue. Colin, it makes me so happy when you pick a Big Ten game for your Locked On Lock of the Week. <laughs> I just get filled with giddiness when I see you do that. So thank you from Big Ten Ben from the bottom of my heart for doing that again. Colin Wilson, a senior writer for Action Network, telling you where to put your money responsibly because although Christmas is coming, we want to make sure we still have enough to feed the family. Responsibly put your money for this upcoming weekend of college football. Colin, as always, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. So many thanks again to Colin Wilson, the senior writer for Action Network, for joining us on this first segment of the Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. And Patrick, as we were talking about with Colin, this is not going to be the greatest slate of college football we will see throughout the year. But you know what can make it better? Some beer. And cracking up a couple cold ones with you as you're watching this weekend slate of college football and making sure you're relaxing and chilling out. And there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. It is the official beer of watching any college football game just to have a beer. And, Patrick, we're going to need it this weekend. Oh, we're definitely going to need it this weekend. So reach into that fridge, grab that beer that is made to chill, as you said, because I love a beer that's made by the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly and enjoy that Coors Light. And, you know, the great thing is there may not be great games on, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of college football on. And I don't want to get up in the middle of a game to have to go restock my beer fridge. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to getcoorslight.com, look up who's delivering it. I'm going to have it brought right to my house so I can continue watching my college football all weekend long. So we get ready for week 11 of college football. As we've said, maybe not the greatest slate, but there's still college football on your TV. It's a great sports weekend in general. College football on Saturday, along with the Masters, and then Sunday, NFL football. Also, the final round of the Masters, Tiger Woods, 
started with a 68-4 under par in his opening round at Augusta. This is a college football podcast. I'll bring it back to that. It's Locked On College Football. It is Ben Stevens, the host of Locked On Big Ten, and Patrick Kahn, the host of Locked On Longhorns. So let's begin there with one of the bigs, the Big 12. Only two games in the Big 12 Conference so far this season, or this weekend, I should say. But Patrick, this is your area of expertise. Is there anything you can give to the people to say, hey, you know what? As I'm surfing through the channels on Saturday afternoon, I want to make sure I tune into one of these Big 12 games. Well, I'm definitely going to say not Baylor, Texas Tech. Steer clear of that mm. game. Uh, you got right. the number one. You have the number eight ranked offense, 27.6 points per game for Baylor. Texas Tech defense is the number nine ranked defense in the conference, 40.1 points per game. They're giving up 41.3 in conference play. So it's the, uh, you know, you've had the irresistible force meets the immovable object. Well, this right. is the resistible force and the movable object uh, in this football game. If I had any advice, I'd say take the over because I think both teams could probably put up some points in this game because neither one of them are really playing very good defense. Uh, let's switch gears. TCU West Virginia is a little bit better. Uh, TCU's got the number, a little three, bit. number three ranked rush offense led by their quarterback, Max Dugan. I'm sure you saw the 81-yard touchdown he scored against Texas Tech after Matt Wells did the unthinkable. He kicked the field goal on second and four. I still don't get it. But 184 and a half yards per game on the ground for TCU against the number three rush defense, 109.4 yards per game. They've only allowed five rushing touchdowns this year. They didn't allow a single one to Texas, despite the fact that B. John Robinson ran all over that defense. Um, you know, I think that's, that's a good matchup. I think it's just two teams that are kind of hovering in the middle of the Big 12. I don't think either one are going to be uh, – making that run towards the end. I mean, I think we all know it's the top four, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Iowa State. Uh, but these guys are kind of in the middle trying to get a better bowl spot. Um, so this could be a key matchup there. But, yeah, I would definitely watch when TCU's on offense. Can West Virginia slow down that run game? And what happened in that West Virginia-Texas game last week? Uh, well, Texas offense struggled um, and couldn't put points on the board. They scored 17 against this uh, top defense. I mean, they were – Top 10 in almost every major category in college football. Uh, and then, you know, Texas was able to hold on at the end, get two stops on fourth down in the fourth quarter, uh, while West Virginia was only down four points. So that that that's pretty much it, is the offense couldn't score, and that's why Texas won the game. Tom Herman lives for another week in Austin, Texas. That is for sure. Maybe not a great Big 12 slate this weekend, but Bedlam next weekend. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, that will be a top 20 matchup by the time we get to next Saturday. So let's move on to another conference, another one of the Power Fives, the Atlantic Coast Conference. We talked about the holy war between second-ranked Notre Dame and Boston College with Colin Wilson. He's telling you to take Notre Dame, despite them being a 13.5-point favorite. I would have to agree just real quick. Notre Dame has won seven in this series. Phil Jerkovec for Boston College. This could be a revenge game for him. He's been playing incredibly well. Sixth in the entire country in passing yards so far this season. Third in just total pass completions. He has that Boston College offense rolling a little bit. But a lot of people are very hyped on BC for reasons that are unbeknownst to me. They beat a Syracuse team, a god-awful Syracuse team, and I can say that as an SU alum, by only three points last week. And sure, they were taking it to Clemson two weeks ago in that first half before the Tigers rallied and won that game to stave off the upset. But other than that, it hasn't been all that great as of late. They've lost some big games against Virginia Tech, against UNC. It's been very up and down for BC right now. And Notre Dame, despite this being maybe the hangover after the Clemson game, 
Still looks very good. The offense is starting to pick up. Notre Dame is 11th best in points per play margin in the entire country, showing the balance of both a really solid offense and a solid defense. I would have to agree with Colin Wilson, which always makes me feel smarter and say, despite them being America's darling, I don't think Boston College covers this spread. No, I I, I think the run game really is going to set the tone for Notre Dame in this football game. I, mean, I know BC can, he, they're going to try and slow down that run, obviously. Uh, but, you know, Ian Book, he's, he still can do what he needs to do in this game against that that defense that, like you said, they looked decent against Clemson, had them on the ropes for a little bit, but then Syracuse happened. And, you know, yeah. it, it's one of those things where it's a roller coaster. Another ACC game I want to talk about, Miami at Virginia Tech. I believe Virginia Tech is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, according yeah. to Bet MGM. And all I'm going to say to that is, what? Yeah. Why? How? I, I home team gets gets three points pretty much. So you're telling me on a neutral site, Miami's a half point favorite. Uh, I, I'm looking at a Virginia Tech team who ranks 11th against the pass in the ACC, giving up 260 yards per game. They've given up 13 touchdowns this year through the air. Now Derek King, Miami offense, they're Oof. averaging 271 yards per game. They've thrown for 17 touchdowns this year. Uh, give me Miami in this game uh, to cover that spread and win outright. Miami is the ninth ranked team in the country and they visit Virginia tech who lost to Liberty last week and Liberty is now ranked 22nd. So I'm not going to knock that, but still a different level of competition down from the ACC. How is Miami the dog in this game? Number ninth ranked team in the country visits an unranked team. That doesn't say a lot about where the AP poll stands right now in this weird 2020 college football season, but Miami's only loss so far this season was to Clemson. Since then, they have won four straight. It hasn't been all that great at times, but they're still getting the win. We talked about the same kind of thing last week. Miami is 6-1 and one this year. Ahead of their game last week against NC State, they were 5-1 and one and still felt like they were being slept on. That game was tight on Friday night, but De'Ara King is putting up some historical numbers. Last week against the Wolfpack, 430 passing yards, five touchdowns, also added 105 yards on the ground. He has done that twice in his career, twice in two years. He also did 400-plus passing yards, five touchdowns, and 100 yards on the ground when he was at Houston two years ago. Only four other quarterbacks since the year 2000 have done that even once. Eric King himself has done it twice in two years. He's a special talent. I don't really understand the love for Virginia Tech with the spread right now. I mean, sprinkled Miami on the money line and take them as the dog. It makes kind of a lot of sense to me to do it that way. Regardless, very confusing in the ACC. So two segments down, one segment left to go here on the Locked On College Football Podcast for your Friday show, previewing everything you need to know for the Saturday slate. We will talk the Big Ten because there's some good games in the Big Ten. That's all coming up next. So as we get ready for Saturday's schedule of college football, only a couple more days. Really, only one more day, and there are some great games on this Friday night. However, I'm going to treat myself on this Friday night as we get ready for Saturday, and I'm going to treat myself with the best-tasting protein bar ever, and I say treat myself because it's a protein bar that literally tastes like a candy bar, and of course, I'm talking about Built Bar because the improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors in total now, but every single one of them. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And Patrick, I know that even though I'm scarfing down maybe two to three Built Bars a week, I can feel good about myself when doing so because Built Bars are also very, very healthy and very good for you where it counts. Oh, absolutely. And when I need my energy, 
to get ready to record this podcast when I need my energy to get ready for a full slate of college football games on Saturday, on a Friday night, on a Wednesday night, watching Maction. Uh, mm. I'm going to reach for that Bill Bar. Uh, mint brownie all oh, is my favorite. Oof. Anything you get mint, brownie, peanut butter. Uh, those are what I go with. What I want you to do is I want you to go to BuiltBar.com. Use a promo code locked on. Get 20% off your next order. Fantastic. Save a little money. Get a little bit healthier. I know during this quarantine times, we're all packing on the way because we're all staying inside. And with so much college football on, how could you not? Uh, so do what we say. Go to BuiltBar.com. Try them out and let let me know what you thought about it because I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Your final segment on the Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. And of course, we save the best for last. That is just my humble opinion. I am Big Ten Ben, the host of Locked On Big Ten. Ben Stevens is my full name. Joined by my co-host, as always, Patrick Kahn, the host of Locked On Longhorns. And I say we save the best for last because we're talking Big Ten football. Weekend number four of the Big Ten football season. Patrick, I defer to you, though. Any games in the Big Ten slate that catch your eye? Ooh, I'm looking at this Iowa-Minnesota game just because... Friday night fleck. Minnesota looks awfully bad this year. Like, really, really, really bad. Uh, what, they're giving up 36 points per game. Can Iowa get over the 30-point threshold? I mean, they're averaging 29.7 points per game. I really li- I really like the Hawkeyes in this game. I, I just don't think the defensive front from, from Minnesota is going to be able to hold up. And, and you know how... They like to play football in Iowa. That grind it out. Get the tight ends involved. They're going to grind out the game. Yeah, give me Iowa in this one to cover. Iowa's offense looked a lot more explosive last week against Michigan State, putting up 49 points. 14 of that was a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown, but a complete effort out of that Iowa Hawkeye team. And that Minnesota defense is still abysmal. It looked a little bit better last week against Illinois, but I think that speaks to the limitations of the fighting Illini still allowed 181 rushing yards to Illinois last weekend. And Minnesota is still dead last in the entire country in opponents yards per play this season. Iowa should have a field game, the cover of a three and a half point spread, maybe three by the time we get to tonight, take Iowa. That seems like a pretty safe bet for me. Another one of the good games of this Big Ten slate. We talked about Northwestern and Purdue. The battle of unbeatens at the top of the Big Ten West is the ABC primetime game of all the country. 13th ranked Wisconsin back in action after two weeks off due to a COVID-19 outbreak within their program. They visit Ann Arbor and take on a reeling Michigan team. The spread right now, Wisconsin still on the road in the big empty house, a four and a half point favorite, the over under total 53 and a half. Patrick, this is a game that is so, so difficult to forecast because we don't even know who's going to be playing for Wisconsin, who is healthy now. And if they are healthy, What does that look like in trying to get back into football rhythm after two weeks off? This Michigan team that looks so impressive in the season opener against Minnesota is now two straight losses against Michigan State and got thoroughly dominated by Indiana last weekend. We don't know who we're going to see really on either side. So many questions surrounding this game. What do you see in how this plays out? Got a desperate football team in Michigan. You know what I always think when it comes to desperation? Hmm. Nobody knows anything. Uh, no, desperate teams are dangerous to me. Uh, so I think a Michigan football team, Joe Milton, they're going to try and figure this out. Uh, Gaddis has got to get this offense rolling because they they yep. look bad uh, defensively. Uh, 
all you got to do is just sit back and 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 bail out throw after bail out throw against that Michigan secondary. Just attack them, attack them, attack them. Which I know isn't a Wisconsin thing. They looked a little bit more like that in in their lone game this season. So that that's my big matchup. How do who's playing quarterback and can they right. can they attack this Michigan secondary? Uh, because if they if they try to play that grinded out game that plays right into the favor of Michigan, Joe Milton and those guys. Uh, I still going to take Wisconsin though, even though I think Michigan needs this game. I just, Wisconsin is too, they're too sound uh, for Mm -hmm. me to, to go against them. Uh, Cause I think that they're, they're one of the best teams in the big 10 and and they're going to continue to do so. Graham Mertz wowed the conference and really the country in that Friday night Big Ten season opener. 20 of 21, 248, five passing touchdowns against a really bad Illinois defense. Not confirmed yet if he will play Saturday night against Michigan. It seems like it's leaning to the fact that he will play, but how effective will he be? He was one of the people reportedly that tested positive for COVID-19. He's now just getting back into the loop of practice. What exactly will his game look like regardless? I think Wisconsin does what they do best, and they run the ball very effectively against the Michigan defense that is now without Aiden Hutchinson. And if they can exploit that inexperienced secondary on top of the ground game, where I think you saw last week, Michigan was dominated in the trenches by Indiana. Wisconsin's even more sound, and that defense for the Badgers is still one of the best in the entire Big Ten Conference, maybe even arguably the country as well. So let's get to our Locked On Locks as we wrap up the Locked On College Football Podcast for your Friday show. Patrick, I'll start because I'm sticking in the Big Ten. 10th ranked Indiana. No, that was not mispronounced. 10th ranked Indiana visits Michigan State this weekend. IU, a perfect 3-0 against a Michigan State team that is 1-2, only a seven-point favorite. Something about that line is very stinky to me. However, I'm going to trust in the Hoosiers. Their defense tied eighth in the country nationally in takeaways this season at a little over three. Michigan State is last in the country at giveaways per game in teams that have played at least three contests so far this season. They've already turned the ball over in the double digits, have the Spartans. I think Indiana's offense is starting to roll a little bit. You're seeing Michael Penix Jr. find his weapons and Ty Freifogel, Watt Fillier, Peyton Hendershot, Stevie Scott in the backfield. I can't believe, almost like that Miami game we discussed earlier, that the spread in the line is this. Indiana, only a seven-point favorite against a Michigan State team I don't think very highly of. Something's off. Maybe Vegas knows. I'm still going to trust Indiana, take them to win and cover that seven point margin on the road in East Lansing. Let me, uh, let me, let me pile on here. My locked on lock of the week. I'm taking the Hoosiers in this week. Whoa. Uh, you look at it and you talked about it. You talked about the quarterback. You talked about the weapons. You're talking about an Indiana team that is scoring, has scored 37 points per game and scored 13 touchdowns in three games on the other side, Michigan state number 12 ranked defense in the big 10. 37 mm. points per game, that identical number. They've given up 15 touchdowns in three games. Yeah. Sorry. I don't think uh, I don't think Rocky can save you in this one. Uh, no. Give me the Hoosiers minus seven. Uh, I might throw the whole kitchen table at this thing. You know, the kitchen sink, everything, just on this game. Easy, so, easy money. The last time we had the same locked on lock, or at least locked on locks about the same game, was the first week we ever did this podcast. Now, 10 weeks ago, it was on that Florida State Georgia Tech game, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. right? And you took Georgia Tech, and I was riding with the Seminoles at the time, and it went your way. But this time, we're on the same side. So I think that's a good thing. We both are locked on locks, are both 10th ranked Indiana. It's not a misprint. 10th ranked Indiana 
winning and covering a seven-point spread on the road at Michigan State this Saturday. So that was week 11, your preview for the full slate of college football this Saturday. Host of Locked On Longhorns, Patrick Kahn. I am the host of Locked On Big Ten, Ben Stevens. Enjoy the Saturday slate. It might not be the best one, but it's still college football.